what is my path? Like, what is my journey in this lifetime, right? And if it means continue to raise my child by myself, that's my journey, that's okay. But I intuitively, I would like to understand if there's something that I need to change within or something to help me if there is a blocker of why I'm not in a relationship. Welcome to The Signal Podcast, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury Fontanez, purpose coach to some of the leading voices in our culture today, from top CEOs to Hollywood stars, best-selling authors to world-class artists. In coaching these incredible humans, one truth has become abundantly clear. No matter who we are, we all carry pain, joy, and the desire to feel connected to a sense of purpose. This podcast is my way of extending some of the powerful lessons of my proven method to you so that hopefully you too can be inspired to heal the white noise of your limiting beliefs and tune into the signal of your intuitive wisdom. Welcome to Signal. Today, you're going to meet Christine. Christine is in her mid-40s. She is a single mom of a wonderful eight-year-old son. She is a program manager who has done a phenomenal job balancing building a career while raising a child on her own. And today, Christine is interested in exploring the topic of romantic relationships. She is curious about whether it's even in the stars for her to be in a relationship. It's something that she deeply wants, and we explore that together. And today's episode even had a few surprises for me. Listen and enjoy. Hey, Signal listeners. A couple quick disclaimers before we get started. Maury is not a licensed therapist, and this is not a therapy session. Intuition and purpose coaching with Maury is usually a six-month process, and what you're about to hear is just a snippet of what these sessions sound like. That said, this is a real coaching session with real people featuring real strategies that Maury uses in her method. All right, let's get to today's episode. I'm really excited to meet you. I am 45. I am a sole single parent of an eight-year-old. The key word is single. I have never been married. And part of this work I want to do with you today through my intuition is figure out why that is (laughs) and what I can do better. What kind of support do you have around you? How do you manage your schedule? Yeah. So I'm, I'm from California. I moved here about five years ago for a job. And I knew not a single soul when I moved here with my son. So it was a big leap of faith. So yeah, no, I, thankfully, I'm I'm very friendly and I'm very connected with my son's friends and their parents. So we've built a community around our kids. Yeah. But it, it was effort on my part. It was, you know, I don't have family here. I don't have, you know, there wasn't a system in place before I got here. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard. I feel you. I um, have been a single mom for a very long time. I just got remarried last summer, but I absolutely understand that um, experience of being the sole provider and being a career oriented person who also just really loves their kids and wants them to feel supported and that you're present. And that's a lot of pressure all on your shoulders. It's a lot. (laughs) Okay. So with all of that in mind, When you walk out of this hour, what do you want to say we accomplished? What would you like to really focus on to provide some clarity or a pathway towards clarity for? So I'm a very spiritual person. On on paper, I think you nailed it. I am inundated with life, be it work or taking care of a child, you know, basic survival things, right? So some people could argue, well, I'm single because I don't have time really to open my heart or open the avenues uh, for a relationship. Um, But at the same time, I I really want to understand from an intuitive level, what is my path? Like, what is my journey um, in this lifetime, right? And if it means me 
continue to raise my child by myself and to love myself without anyone else. Like that's my journey. That's okay. But I intuitively, I would like to understand if there's something that I need to change within or something to help me if there is a blocker of why I'm not in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So is the question I'm hearing, am I blocking a relationship or is being solo my fate? Exactly. You nailed it. Yeah. Such a relatable question. You're not alone, for sure. I think that a lot of people wonder that. And I think particularly those of us who are single parents really wonder that because there is a sense of obviously their well-being that you're bringing into the picture and maybe some baggage around, well, does this make me someone who's harder to date? or harder to be with. And so there's some storytelling that we do as single parents around our desirability since we are a parent. Does that resonate? Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, and I wonder if there's an ageism as well, right? I, I, I met someone recently, you know, a, a friend, and she said, part of it is not being just a single mom. I think your age, I've never been married in my entire life. And she, her perception was, well, then you're not going to, right? Like you're so set in your ways. And and to your point, is that a story that I'm, is she projecting? I don't know. Is that a story I'm taking on? I don't know. When that friend said, well, then you'll, you're never going to, can you remember how did that feel like in your bones? How did that feel? How did that hit you? I, I think I was a little bit defensive at first. Like you don't know me. Right? Like, you don't really know me. Yeah, that, that could be true. But I think back to your question, how do you feel? I think I felt sad. Like, wow, well, that sucks. So. And a little angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's becoming really clear as I am starting to investigate Christine's limiting belief systems that. Part of the fear that exists in the question of, will I have a relationship? Is it my fate to be single forever? Is informed by a greater fear of hope, a greater fear of whether the thing that she wants is even real or realistic. And so as we begin to discuss the fear of possibility, what's going to be particularly important is to hear how Christine zeroes in on why she does not believe a relationship where she can be emotionally supportive is even real. All right, so our intention is to get to the bottom of, is this my fate or is there a block I can work on? What if I were to tell you that that question in itself comes from fear? What do you think I mean? I don't trust the process or I don't trust that there is an opportunity. I don't know. Yeah. What I hear when I hear even just that question is there is a fear around possibility, right? That what you're asking for is, is the possibility there? Is there a runway for this experience to come into my life? And I want to get to that fear, almost that seed that was planted, we'll figure out when and where, that told you the possibility doesn't exist because that's who is speaking when you're asking that question. It's not your intuitive self. Okay. Okay. And then we will connect your intuitive self and just hear what she has to say because she does have a lot to say. Good. I can feel that. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about relationships. Can you describe to me when you think about a romantic partnership, what one that would feel good would look like? What's the person like? What's your relationship with them like? What's the dynamic? How do you feel in the relationship? Oh, these are tough questions. Um, and why are they hard questions? They are hard questions because 
and I don't know if you've gone through this or you've had people talk about it where you need to create a list of what you're looking for, right? And so I have created that list many, many times. And then I either redo the list or, you know, I'll do vision boards or I'll, I'll just, but nothing happens, right? And so I then think that, oh, maybe my list is too comprehensive or my list is too detailed. <laughs> so I need to like retract and I need to. Uh -huh. um, so it's, it's hard because I think the notion when you say like, how does, how do I picture that? I feel like that's changed over time because I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm 45. <laughs> maybe there's something wrong with my list. I don't know. Right. So, I mean, let me kind of answer your, your question. Um, I would love to have just a best friend, you know, like a male version of, of myself. I would love for them to help to be part of my family, honestly. And how do you want to feel in a relationship? The, like a better, ver like better version of myself. And I don't want to say, well, you know, love is the answer to all my problems. Cause you know, I'm not expecting, I don't know how to say it. Like I, I've really done a lot of self work and that work is to love myself independent of what's on the outside. Right. Like love needs to come within. So I've been working on that. I think it's almost like a cherry on top, like having a relationship. I would love to even just be better, like to, to, like, I think part of that fear is that fear of being alone. I think having someone I think will let like lessen that fear. So then I can be more of myself. And then also I just, I want an opportunity to relate to someone else beyond my son. If that makes sense. My relationship yes. right now is hundred percent with an eight-year-old. <laughs> yes, yes, right. And that's not something that can or even should be emotionally fulfilling for you. That's not his job. You you mentioned the list a lot, and I want to come back to the list. Um, because when you say, is my list too detailed, what I'm hearing is, should I just settle? So no, your list is not too detailed, and absolutely no, you should not settle. <laughs> Again, what's coming in that question is a fear of, can I get everything I want? Is it even realistic? So it's back to this question of possibility. So we have a link between healthy, happy relationship and even the question of, is that real? Let's dive into that limiting belief, part one of the method. Let's figure out where was that incepted. So can you describe to me a happy romantic relationship that you've witnessed? in your life, maybe as a child or a teenager, young adult, even now? I mean, I have a friend, her and her husband. I mean, yeah, I mean, they've been married for 20 plus years. They, they seem super in love still. He's very loyal. She's very in love with him. So yeah, I, I like that. And when you look at their relationship, how does it make you feel? Well, I told her, I was like, she's very lucky. I don't, I think a lot of relationships that I've witnessed are not that successful. So I, I'm happy for her. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. And I just keep telling her she's lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when you're looking at that relationship, are there any other voices or thoughts that have opinions about that relationship? There is a story that I tell myself in this fed from other people in my life that either their relationship is rare because they got lucky, right? And that it's very, very rare. And or she, she or he, uh, in the beginning relationship, had to play some games so that they could be together. And this is all fed from, you know, my friends, I think because they worry about me, right? They worry, like, why am I single? So it goes to, you need to lose weight. You need to start playing games. You need to lower your standards. You need to... So in my head, <laughs> there's a lot of noise. Are they in a lot... Are they all in happy, fulfilled relationships? 
No. So we are taking advice for how to bake a cake from a carpenter. <laughs> All right. So it's hard to really pinpoint besides your friend, a relationship that feels good. Talk to me about being a kid. Were your parents married? They are still married. Um, okay. And what was it like to live with them? They uh, are still married today. I think they are more in love today than ever, but I think it's more of a symbiotic relationship. I wouldn't say it's the healthiest. It's, yeah. They just come from that generation where they don't believe in divorce. Growing up, my dad was a workaholic. I never saw my dad. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And being intuitive as you are, how did mom feel to you? Oh, I, I worshipped my mom. Really, really worshipped my mom. Um, but then she became mentally ill Mm. and then from there it was uh, not a good relationship. And I I don't know how much of that formed my perception of relationships, of friendships, of love. I, I, yeah. We are about to hear the inception point of Christine's limiting belief system that emotions are dangerous. And she shares very vulnerably a story about her childhood. But take note of how she made a decision at a very young age to do the opposite of what she watched her parent do and how that strategy came from a place of keeping her safe. This is a very common coping mechanism that our young selves create, which is watching people make decisions or do things around us and then deciding that we're going to do the opposite or we have to be the opposite to create some balance, some safety, some security around us. Take a listen. Can you get a sense for emotionally how mom was feeling when you were younger? She was, she left her parents when she was 18 to come to this country by herself. Um, and, you know, she, and then my, my dad and her moved to France and she didn't speak French. Um, I can only imagine emotionally the stress of being pulled away from your family, your country at 18 starting a new life in the United States and then starting a new life in France and then having children, I think emotionally she was very, very sad. Mm. Yeah. And what kind of emotional support did you see your mom getting? None. Zero. She didn't have any friends. Nope. What about from dad? He, he was just working all the time. Mm. Yeah. Like, so... Yeah. Would you say she was pretty isolated? Oh, 100%. So this idea of romantic partnership providing you with emotional support, that feels foreign to young you. Yeah, I would have no idea how that feels like. Be, that feels like I'm describing a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, yeah, no concept, yeah. And when you felt like mom... You know, we can feel our parents' sadness. I have a very similar story. Um, when you feel like mom, let's just look at younger you, is sad, what do you do when you sense she's sad? What do you believe your role is? So she, because of her mental illness, she was very emotional. Uh, I was the absolute opposite. I had no emotion. So even when you ask me a question about my feelings, it's very hard for me to have feelings because growing up, I've taught, I've been taught to be very matter of fact. Um, it was also a survival mechanism, so it was very numb. But yeah, I was expected to just be, just to do, not to feel, just to you know do well in school and be a good yeah. daughter. So, so if mom is sad our reaction is to keep it together, not be emotional, and make sure that we don't add 100%. anything yeah. to the chaos. 100%. Got it. 
if I were to ask you to describe being emotional as a, a young adult, as a teen, being emotional is what? What's your label of that or your description of being emotional is? Not in control, um, weak, maybe even, yeah, weak, erratic. Dangerous? Yeah. Emotions are dangerous. Yeah. And then further from that, when you say weak, um, being emotional or being in emotion and needing or wanting someone is what? Scary. <laughs> Why? It, it feels very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And what did you witness happen if someone vulnerably required someone else's support while being in their emotions? That it was not okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're emotional, it's dangerous. And if you lean on someone for support, it's weak and you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'm getting an age here. Can you sense, she's really near, what age were you when you started to form this very strong opinion of being emotional and of not relying on other people emotionally? It was around probably seven. Cool. All right. I got eight. Perfect. So seven, do you recall an experience at seven where that became abundantly clear to you? I, I remember my mom entering the mental hospital. That must have been terrifying. Yeah, and I, I'm, I, I come from a culture, and I'm Asian, I come from a culture where they don't explain that. I mean, I, I, when that what, what was that, back in the 1970s? I don't even think they comprehended it themselves, so let alone tell a seven-year-old what's happening. They did not talk to me about it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I relate what you're saying culturally being Persian, you know, that would have carried a lot of shame in our culture. It would have been embarrassing there. Yeah. And so they, they, they could not articulate in words how to make me feel better or feel safe. It was more like, you're just going to live with grandmother for a little bit. And right. the story. But you could sense. Oh, for what sure. Was I, I knew, yeah, I knew something was happening. Yeah. And so seven-year-old popped up and said, danger zone. Mom just went away for being emotional and she couldn't rely on anyone, so she had to go away. So what do you think seven-year-old in her infinite brilliance did? What do you think she decided to protect you? Shut out all emotion. Yeah. We will not be like this. We will not be like this. We will be the opposite of this. Does that resonate? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what if I were to tell you that seven-year-old, when it comes to relationships, has been the one in the driver's seat this whole time? It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, because she needs a break. It's not horrible. It's just... She's done doing her job. Yeah. She's been in survival mode long enough. We're not in danger anymore. So I do want you to write this down because we did, we did hit on a limiting belief system I want you to continue to work on, which is being emotional is dangerous and being vulnerable, relying on another is weak and disappointing and dangerous. I want to try to find what your truth is beneath that survival mechanism. So how do you feel about trying to spend maybe five to 10 minutes with seven-year-old right now? Okay. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, yeah. It's sure. okay if you're... Yep. Okay. For those of you familiar with my method, you know we use a lot of visualization to go back and spend time with younger versions of self and 
I don't go into these sessions always planning to do that. I can tell you it totally depends on the person and where they're at and also where my energy is at. And what was interesting is that in going into this session, actually my plan was to attempt not to do that. And what happened the minute I met Christine and saw her face is I felt this younger version of herself stepped forward very quickly. And I knew right then that she was demanding our attention, which meant we were going to go there. And notice how quickly we find her when we do. So your eyes are closed, which is perfect because I was just going to ask you to do that. I want you to just take really deep, when I say deep breaths, I want you to fill your lungs to their capacity and do that for me three times and blow out of your mouth fully. And as you're breathing deep, I really want you to feel the ground beneath your feet, to feel the soil beneath that, to feel how supported you are where you're sitting right now. And as your eyes are closed, I want you to just visualize with me sort of a green hill with a path leading up to it. We're just going to walk up to that green hill. And as we come to the top of it, a little tiny park becomes visible to us. There's a swing set. Can you see that? Yeah. Someone is swinging on that swing set. Can you see her? Yeah. Okay, great. There's an empty swing next to her. Let's just head over there. And I just want you to go sit down in the swing besides. Just let me know when she notices you approaching. She notices. Mm. And what is she, what's her reaction? Well, I, I see this, the seven-year-old and it's the sad seven-year-old, the one that has no emotion. Mm-hmm. Sounds like she has an emotion. Sounds like she's sad. Very sad. But she's also mm. asking me, like, are you here to give me permission to just be, right? To feel. So she was ready for you. I'll tell you something. Some Usually when I do this visualization, we have to go down the hill, we go into a neighborhood, we walk into a house or a school, but she was really present. So the fact that she's immediately asking you questions is a very good sign that she's ready to be healed. And she knows you are the answer. She knows it because you represent infinite wisdom. And you represent a word that I think is so important, permission. And when you think about your intuitive self, your higher self, and you think about her presence in your life and the wisdom that you hear from her, you are that to this seven-year-old. So any intuitive thought or feeling that seven-year-old had is coming from you now. That's how powerful you are for her. Yeah, and I, I mean, just the thought I have with that visualization, and it, I'm not, when I say to feel, I'm not talking about feeling, you know, sad or happy. It's about just a reaction to the wind in her hair. Like, wow, I can feel that breeze. Mm. Or, wow, like, it is such a beautiful day. Like, take it in. Like, I don't think Mm. she ever even had that permission to do that. Mm. So what if you said to her right now, yes, how about we just swing and you take it in? She would be very happy. (laughs) Okay. So just let her swing. And actually as she's swinging, and let's just let her do her thing. I just want you to observe her. In the fullness of her truth, as she's starting to let go and experience the rush of the swing going up and down and the sun and the breeze, what does she want? I think she wants permission to break rules, if that makes sense. Yeah. What rules does she want to break? 
there was no opportunity for her to have a personality. Hmm. So, so yeah. Let's look at her because she does have a personality. I can <laughs> see it actually. She's pretty funny. It's funny you say that. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, she's funny. So <laughs> what is her personality? She wants to laugh. Like she wants to like just, I just think of my son because my son is still at the age where he likes potty words, where she just wants mm-hmm. to make, like a farting noise and laugh about it, right? Like it's, she is silly because mm-hmm. she's never had the opportunity. Um, what if you were to tell her you think that that is awesome and it makes her so funny? That makes her very happy. Yeah. Yes. What else is her personality? So she's silly. She's a little goofy. She likes to just have fun. What else? What else? Well, there's two things that come um, to mind. There's one, there is, there is fear, there is anxiety. So even though I am there Mm -hmm. helping her have permission, there is still in the back, like fear, like, is this okay? Like, how long can I do this for? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I I still feel that. How long can I do this for? As in, when is this going to go away? Exactly. Like when is the other shit drop? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fear of loss. Yeah. Okay. And then what else? The other thing is, it's going to sound strange, but almost permission to be selfish. Mm. Okay. And when she, let's look at that. So let's give her that. Okay. So yeah, let's make this about you. If she had the permission to be selfish, what would she do? If it was time to leave, she would say, no, I want to stay on this swing. Mm. which is hard even for me to say because I'm not used to saying no, right? I'm not used to standing up. So she would just say, these are my needs and this is what I want to do. Yeah. Without worrying about how that was going to affect everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of dancing a little bit. Yeah, I know. That feels good. It shouldn't be like a negative thing. It should be something that should be happy and delightful because I think when I say no like I tense up and I like it's 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 such a struggle for me but I want it to be joyful I want it to be empowering yeah tell her I said no is the most abundant word no is the most abundant word do you know what that means does she know what that means I think she she does like on 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 paper like Mm-hmm. I read a lot of self-help books. She just needs practice. <laughs> what does it mean when I say no is the most abundant word? When you say no, the yeses you say yes to are more meaningful and more more rich, like more abundant mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. that means to me. And in a world and also specifically culture of responsibility and duty and conformity, no is freedom because no is saying no, not what you want, yes to what I want. No creates the opening for a truthful yes. So let her know that this desire for quote unquote selfishness is not selfishness, it's self-love And how brilliant is she that she at seven understands that. She's amazing. (laughs) She's amazing. Yeah. I was going to also say she's whip smart. (laughs) She's Yeah, she is actually pretty smart. (laughs) Very smart. (laughs) So we have an opportunity here that's opened up. She needs some of your love and attention and dialogue. She's looking for a place where she gets to play and be silly. How interesting that you've built that life for your son. Does he get to be silly? Oh, very much so. (laughs) Very much so. So take a deep breath. Swing with her for a minute. Ask her if she wants to come with you. Do you want to come with me? She says no. (laughs) She doesn't want to go. She likes. Does she want to? 
She likes the swing. Great. That's what we wanted is for her to just say her no. All right. So I want you to let her swing, but I want you to spend a minute. You can do this quietly with her. Just show her your life with your son. Show her what your son's life is like and let her know there's a place in your home right now for her. And I want you to tell her you respect her no if it's still a no. And is she okay with you coming back to swing with her again? She's not sure. (laughs) Okay. Do you know why she's not sure? What is she not sure about? If she believes me that I'm ready to let her have fun. Well, you're about to show her. You're going to leave her there and let her swing to her heart's content. (laughs) So repeat to her, you get to stay here and swing and do nothing else. You get to stay here and swing and do nothing else. And you don't have to work so hard. Don't have to work so hard. To protect me from being emotional. To protect me from being so emotional. Your job is done. Your job is done. How does she receive that? She just laughed. (laughs) Happy laugh? No, like, ha ha, like, good luck. She's, yeah. So now what she's challenging you to do is show her that that's true. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So let her know she gets to just stay there and have fun and that you will be back. And let me know what you get. She said, okay. Okay. All right. So let's, if you think she's willing to let you give her a hug. Yes. Okay. Just embrace her. Let her know how funny and resilient and brilliant she is. And thank her. Thank her for devising a strategy in all her seven-year-old wisdom so that you could survive. And let's let her swing. Maybe give her a push. Sounds good. And then I want you to... Just start walking back down the hill towards the path and just take a really deep breath when you're ready and open your eyes. Okay. How do you feel right now? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So listen, the good news is seven-year-old you is the one that doesn't want a relationship. It's not 45-year-old you. And the other good news is Actually, I'm going to ask you because your intuition is ready to step forward. What does your intuition feel like to you? When is the time you've had a thought that you know just came from like a deep knowing? Oh, that's a tough one. There is this sense you have of this like gentle nudge that's been guiding you or it doesn't feel overt. It's this sense of like, oh, huh, that worked out or oh, I ended up here for this reason or some kind of, that's what I'm getting, this sense of this gentle kind of just nudge. Do you ever feel that? Oh, very gentle. It's not like I'm an intuitive, you know, channel, but there are times, you know, you're right. What's that gentle nudge? Do you know? What are the times? Can you give us an example? So... I really believe in serendipity and there's just been moments in my life that have are just beyond words. I mean, when my son was born, um, I was living in my parents' basement because I, I needed help. And I remember just being very, very sad and my son looking at me and holding my hand and he was just a baby. I mean, it's just, impossible right impossible there was moments like that there's moments uh my friend just recently got divorced and I lost touch with her and she showed up in the building next to me just Hmm. I mean there's just been moments um so I would call that kind of the universe showing itself to you right yeah you know this these moments of alignment that happen what about in your own sense of yeah, I just know this. 
or I need to do this and I don't know why. That is harder for me because I am so, I'm such a task oriented person. I'm always just doing. So I I find myself ignoring Mm. gentle nudges a lot. However, my body, like I'm one of those type of people that will get sick if I'm just completely going the wrong way. Like, right. Like, Mm. My body like, nope, we're, you're just, you're not. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you are acknowledging that you may be ignoring. For sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. How does ignoring your intuition serve you? It's definitely serving you. It's helping you in some way, you think. What is it? How does it help you? Because the nudges are so gentle, I, I don't listen to them I guess because they're so gentle that this a very masculine personality because I mean if you look at my childhood of you know not having emotion it's always been very much I must do this right like I need to do this to get from place A to B right so I, I, I never left time or room or space for intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't listen. So, yeah, and I, this is what I'm getting, you know, it's there and it really wants to cultivate a deeper relationship with you. Good, because I want to. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one of the ways that it communicates, you're going to laugh, is through emotion. And I believe there's something connected to you breaking this idea that emotion is dangerous so that it can communicate. Okay. That was a seven-year-old perception of safety. And that is where I deeply believe you can consistently do the work, which is to, even if you can take three minutes at the end of the day or in the morning, take that deep breath, close your eyes and go to that swing set. And be in dialogue and start to help seven-year-olds see your life today and how undangerous your life is in terms of just you are financially secure, your son is emotionally secure, right? There is a sense of stability you have created thanks to her. And we've got to paint that picture for her. Yeah. But as she starts to understand that, okay, I can take a break. I don't need to be so vigilant. We're going to start to create an opening for uh, for intuition. And, and what I'm getting in terms of how it will start to come through beyond emotion is it's kind of showing me a Q&A. So if you can open a piece of paper, Whenever you have a, you know, free moment, I know in all of your free time as a single mom and working mom, but, and literally just write out a question for it. Yeah. And what I'm getting is the first thought that comes in, write that down. Yeah. And then write the next question. And the first thought that comes in, write that down. And what I'm being shown is that that is the way initially, since you are so data focused, it can have a conversation with you. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So if you can create a ritualistic practice, and this is what I'm going to say to you, just one week. I'm not going to ask you to do this for the rest of your life. I want to. I'm so excited. Good. (laughs) But I want you to start with seven days consistently. Okay, I will. And what it is, is if there's a, if you, there's a, I don't know if you're a morning person. No. Are you? Okay. Me neither. So I hate, I hate telling people to wake up early because I hate when I get told that. Yeah. So then a, a night person, or I don't know, we're going to have yeah. to figure out what works for you. I don't want to prescribe that. So I, I will. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that sense. <laughs> so the two parts of your practice right now are two minutes with seven-year-old because we promised her and she gets to play and she never ever, she always gets to tell you no if you ask her to do something, right? She gets free reign of those two minutes. But as she starts to trust you, you get to start to show her what life looks like today. And then another just two minutes of Q&A with intuition. And just a five-minute, four to five-minute practice every day, seven days. What I want you to start to introduce maybe on day three is questions in this Q&A about being in a relationship. 
what can I expect? Is it my fate? I mean, I feel like that you're going to get an answer right now. Is it your fate to not be in a relationship? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I think it's so ingrained in me. I mean, at one point in my life, I told people I was cursed. That, And I even saw a famous astrologer and he looked at my birth chart and he's like, yeah, you're you're better off alone. Just just have fun. <laughs> so I I, I want to believe, and maybe through through this work I will believe. But yeah, I also want you to explore in this work. What do you believe a relationship is going to get you that you don't have? Because here's the thing about partnership. Yeah, partnership is about having someone who gets to help you evolve and who you get to help evolve. Yeah. That's true partnership. Yeah. Having the support of being seen for who you are really and celebrated for that. I would love for you to explore your why. Because if your why is beyond that or other than that, then what I can promise you is those are things that you must learn to give yourself. <laughs> and I like your answer because that's what I want a partner for, to help me be the, the best version of myself and for that other person to be the best version of themselves and how we evolve together, 100%. Correct. Yes, that's Correct. what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Christine is really curious about how she can develop and keep an ongoing relationship with her intuition. And that desire is so wonderful to see because that's the opening that intuition looks for. And it's clear that Christine needs to build a structure to allow intuition to pour in so that she can start to get comfortable and acquainted with it. And so the exercise I just gave her is one that, um, first of all, intuitively came through to me from truly her intuition, um, trying to provide structure for her. Because as I always say, intuition wants to help you thrive and therefore it's going to communicate with you in the way that serves you. It's always trying to be productive and work with you. And so this exercise is an example of intuition saying, okay, it's a lot all at once. Let's create a structure for you to begin to get to know me and build this relationship. Let's just take a minute and actually, I'm going to do this Q&A practice with you and you're going to just quickly, first thing that comes to your head, first things that comes to your head, no cynicism, no judgment, nothing. Okay. Okay. So I want you to try to take a deep breath and get into a total neutral state, which is like your body's relaxed and it's almost like, I want you to imagine like a flat line. Do you want a relationship? Yes. Do you feel that a relationship will make you happier? Maybe. Do you deserve a relationship? Yes. Is it your fate not to have one? I don't know. Why? I don't know. That was just the first thing that came to my mind. That's okay. We're going to dig right into that. I don't know. I'm hoping through this emotional work, because I've not been in touch with my emotion, with emotion being tied to intuition and better knowing exactly who I am, what I have to offer, also how I put myself in the world, right? Because if I'm not showing that part of myself or not showing, you know, the, the fun, the, you know. Yeah. Vulnerability. Kind of, I was going to say witty, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah that too, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just like. Yeah, like then then maybe that's part of the disconnect, right? right? So, yeah. If you believe that a relationship is about being, allowing yourself to be emotional because love carries emotion and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and potentially depend on someone emotionally, do you want that? Yes. Yes, definitely. So... At present time, you know you want that. We've got some yes. work to do with the younger one who's been in the driver's seat saying, we don't want that. 
And so that is your answer right there. When I ask you, do you want a relationship? And with all of your heart and soul in deep clarity, you immediately said yes. Yeah. And then I said, is it your fate to have one? That is the same question. Do you want one? Yes. Therefore, is it your fate to have one? Yes. There is no malignant force out there implanting desires into us that we will never, ever get. We don't live in a reality that is that cruel, right? We are made... I know. And I, it's going to take you a while to get convinced of that, but we are made of love. We have to deal with a lot of pain and trauma and hurt. We have to witness a lot of devastation and isolation, but we came from love. And that love from which we came implants within us our desires to help us get closer to our why. Why are we here? That's all by intelligent design. So when you want something with all your heart and soul, that is your fate. You are the creator of your reality. And it is not dangerous any longer. So if you want it, and you know it's not dangerous. It just is. And it will be. There is no other way around it. Is a relationship possible for you? Yes. Is it in your fate to have one? I hope so. <laughs> Do you want one? Yes, yes, So yes, is it yes. in your fate to have one? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Remember that that's the same question. Thanks for listening to Signal. This podcast is hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and produced by myself, Anais Aslami, and the talented team at Terra Firma, Casey Helmick and Lauren Hall. Please join us again next week for another great episode of Signal.